0: A Playlist Original
1: hello everyone and welcome to another episode of back to the blockbuster my name is Gaius bowling and in case you need a friendly reminder jackson is also here with me and jackson's here to stay that'll be the last time i will like give you guys a hint that like hey there's a new co-host and (laughs) (laughs) and we're not switching people in in and out yet uh you're stuck with me now guys i i yeah you're yeah stuck for sure um happy to be here uh i want to say too i got a message from uh my buddy david that i went to middle school with and he was like even now but a, a lot in middle school we were just like had the same movie taste like uh so it was kind of like i guess like the late 90s when like all the like, like scream and i know you did last summer and all that stuff was out of uh, yeah that's when we kind of fell in love with like all of this kind of stuff uh and he's you know basically followed me until i got my first like press job and like all that um all that kind of stuff. He listens to the podcast regularly. And what he said, um, oh, right, when he heard um, your first official episode is that we already have a pretty good podcast chemistry. So I thought that was a really good compliment uh, oh, from him. That's awesome. So yeah. Uh,
0: Dave or David?
1: David. Yeah. Uh, David. Thanks, Park. David. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's does- nice to hear. He does the podcast thing, too. He doesn't have a movie podcast. It's like a Jimmy Eat World podcast where they kind of go through different different like Jimmy Eat World songs. I had no idea there were that many to like have a whole (laughs) show on. But apparently there are. Uh, It's a really cool show, though. Uh, I've listened to it a few times. Um, but yeah, I want to uh, let you know that um, the one thing he did say was like, hey, does he have a mic? But you have a mic now. And you sound- <laughs> I got it. Yes, You <laughs> sound amazing. Listeners so, rejoice. Yeah. <laughs> I uh,
0: will have a mic going forward. It's sounding much better. And I'm very happy about it. I feel all official now. Next, I'll be working on a set of headphones.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, you actually can actually hear uh, what he actually sounds like. guys. So this is maybe maybe this is your first official official. Uh, exactly. Uh, episode, yeah. Yeah. Where they can now I sound like a podcaster. Yeah, you do for <laughs> sure. Um, so um, what did you do this weekend? Did you watch anything or is it just kind of a busy weekend or pretty mellow? Oh, it's
0: never never too busy for, for a watch or two. Um, every Sunday, my buddy Cam comes over. Tuesdays and Sundays, those are our days where I guaranteed I'm always getting a flick in on those two days if I'm not seeing something in throughout the week by myself. And uh, yeah. we're showing my roommate currently for the his first time. We're we're going through the Lord of the Rings series with him, so we got two towers in on Sunday, and it was amazing.
1: That's nice. it's been a couple Art.
0: years since I'd seen it last. So,
1: yeah, you know, I was you know, it was so funny because like on our uh, spinoff, uh, someone asked uh, we we get, sent, we get sent in questions for like the end of each episode so they can like get to know us a bit better. And right. um, one of the questions uh, yeah. to one of the questions to Owen was like, "What's the movie like? You kind of grew up." uh watching a lot and does it still hold up for you today and he uh mentioned basically the whole like lord of the rings uh trilogy uh great choice uh, and you know they're all really good but you know what i haven't seen a lot of them since they were in theater so like i i own i even own the extended i own the extended edition too which is like a chore and a half probably to get through um (laughs) yeah
0: probably all at once
1: but maybe maybe one day i will like revisit um again because i really haven't it's not like i didn't like them i I thought they're really good i just haven't uh taken the time to like watch them again and but it's like you know it's one of those things uh too where like my friends make comments like hey well then why did you like buy them on like (laughs) blu-ray to like not watch them again i was like eventually yeah you have to have it and like eventually i will you know pop it in i think like they're still in the packaging, too, which is like really funny. I haven't even opened it. <laughs> oh, that's the same. Yeah, a get huge those in send. sometime.
0: That would be a great yeah. watch for you. And um, anytime you need your faith restored in cinema, I feel like The uh, Lord of the Rings are a great series to go back to just because on every single metric, they are absolutely astounding filmmaking. Like, There's nothing I can pinpoint about them I don't like. And uh, yep. it's funny, too, how you mentioned Owen says he goes back to those as something that holds up across time. I yeah. feel like that's even more applicable these days because it seems like every Lord of the Rings property that's come out since the original trilogy has been below that grade that the first ones, it would just makes them even better over time. Yeah, talking i talk about I, the I, Rings of Power here. <laughs> the yeah, Rings, shade of, rings power. of Power.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the Rings of Power. I'm uh, Rings and like, of Power fans. And I just remember like the making the hobbit three movies when that wasn't really necessary um but i mean i get, I get yeah the, i'll be watching get, those next I, I really i get i understand like because that was during that whole streak of like let's take this like little thing and like extend it so we can make as much money from it as we can um it was like that yeah. with the hobbit and then there was like that whole period too where you like take the last movie if it was based on a book you would take that last movie and split it up into two parts there was that that whole trend for a little bit too to optimize how yeah. much money you're gonna make um yeah i mean you're right i i what i remember fondly about their the first three movies is that um they were very well made um it made sense uh you know for them to be as long as they were um it didn't really feel like a lot of material yeah it was a lot of material it didn't feel like a chore when you were watching them i do remember when i was watching the three hobby movies i was like this is unnecessary i mean i didn't hate <laughs> them i just like it wasn't necessary. Um right. and then Rings of Power of only and watched not. like two or three episodes and
0: do you think you'll <laughs> go back?
1: Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um... <laughs> I
0: don't I can't see myself seeing it tuning in to, to watch it just from what I've what I've seen, what I've heard. But yeah, uh, I will be watching I've never seen the Hobbits yet. I have them all on D V D. Um, but I feel like it's just a necessary viewing just by going through Lord of the Rings again. Um I guess I'm looking forward to a little bit of it, but like from what I understand, there's some issues with like a lot more original stuff in the movies that weren't present in the books. The book's quite short, I think in comparison. So I think yeah. the studio and the, the creators kind of had some leeway and threw in a lot of stuff of their own, which I don't think went over a hundred percent well with right. some diehard fans. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. I'm honestly most looking forward to seeing Benedict Cumberbatch as Smog right Cause I've, I've seen the trailer and love the look of them and, and the sound. And I love yeah. Benedict. So excited for that
1: yeah yeah it's hard it's hard to hate Benedict Cumberbatch i feel like uh he's, like he's a great. really like di- di- great diverse actor like i feel like he's done every type of role yeah and what i crazy. love about him
0: is he does stuff in between his mcu performances which some people you don't see any sort of work just their mcu stuff while they're in that tenure but he yeah. he puts his fingers in a lot of pots so he's all over the that, place.
1: that's why i kind of call or maybe it's just different for certain actors but I'm not trying to be rude. I kind of call bullshit on some of them when they say, like, they're so busy with, like, Marvel that they can't, uh, they Mm. have no time, they have no time for, like, their other, so Elizabeth Olsen has said this, like, and, like, and I love Elizabeth Olsen, I think she's a great actress, That's right, and and she has said this, Zoe Zaldana said it recently, too, but she's a part of, like, several big franchises, I get it, um, they say they don't have time to do, like, their passion projects sometimes, because, like, you know, it's a very time-consuming, uh, thing doing marvel and then when you sign up for a bunch of them you have to be available to them when they need you um yeah you know in the case of elizabeth olsen like she said that she's gotten a little lucky because she signed on for like a couple initially and then when they wanted her back they've asked her back so she's been really lucky in the sense where it's not like oh you're tied down to like seven of these with no choice they're like okay no we're gonna utilize you and use you And she likes the character and wants to like kind of maintain that, but then she has said that she's turned down other things that she really wanted to do. But then you look at Benedict Cumberbatch, who like has been floating around between like these big mainstream like MCU properties, and then doing stuff that's a little bit more smaller, a little more intimate. So I think it's possible. um, Yeah, you gotta make it it
0: work. It's all depends on you know how you manage your time and how things line up, shooting wise and casting wise. So yeah. And for making stuff work in between MCU outlets.
1: I agree. Um, uh, You know what? Well, I wasn't as good as you. I think I had a busy weekend uh, with my friends when we went out a lot. So I didn't really uh, okay. watch watch much. Uh, but last night I did, just because I was curious to see it, um, they did this like three-part docuseries called like The Price of Glee on the I.D. channel. And... Uh, Saw your post
0: was, on that actually, yes.
1: Yeah, so I was <laughs> curious about it because I was like... Yeah, I was curious about it because, you know, a docu-series about, you know, Glee could be good if you had, like, all the principal people involved because, like, for such, like, a pop cultural phenomenon and and for how, like, its heart being in the right place and, like, being such a happy show, it has, like, a lot of, like, really bad behind the scenes, like, stuff that kind of went on with the, eh? yeah, I mean, you had, like, Three actors from the show, which is what they kind of based this docuseries on in probably the worst way. Three actors from the show have died. Um right. uh from it. Corey so Cory Monteith, Corey Monteith, Mon- Corey Monteith yep. yeah, he died during the show's Medium. run. Yep. He died uh during the show run the show's run right before season five of uh I think a heroin overdose. Uh Mark Saling, who played Puck after the show was over. He got indicted on like child pornography charges and then he hung himself. Oh my god. And then naya rivera who played santana lopez on the show unfortunately she was on a boat with her four-year-old son Uh, i guess they were in a lake together she was able to get him back onto the boat yes but she couldn't get herself back on uh before basically like i took drifted her away and she drowned i recall Um, that
0: in the news that's right
1: yeah so what the docuseries tried to do was try to tie in. this negative stuff about how they died into like well maybe it was the show and maybe it was like all the pressures of doing the show right but the only one the only way that makes sense i guess is with cory monte there wasn't a a a good angle with like maybe it was just too much for him because he had you know he had a drug and alcohol addiction in his teens until he was like 19 Mm -hmm. and he went to rehab and then he got clean and then he goes to la he gets his huge show starts dating the main star Lee Michelle. Like, there's, like, a lot of pressure, and then, of course, they were saying that the cast and crew were working 70 hours a week on that show, because it's, so if they weren't, if they weren't acting, they were in dance class, they weren't in dance class, they were in the booth recording songs, like, so they were always busy, and then on top of that, they had them touring, like, different cities, like, doing, like, these Glee concert tours on top of doing the show, because the show was,
0: like,
1: yeah, the show was like a huge moneymaker for Fox. I think they said at one point it was like of all the TV during its like first two seasons, it was like the fourth uh, largest like, junior, like revenue generating show at the time that it was on. Um, and, you know, it, it also made other people's music really popular. It brought back, you know, Journey, Don't Stop Believing. Like every time there was a show or, or music that was on Glee, it would chart again on like the Billboard like Hot 100 because all these kids were okay. hearing these songs for the first time and then like. Now they're like, oh, let me hear the original ones. And it was actually helping, like, all these other artists get rediscovered a bit.
0: Um, Well, that's awesome.
1: But the reason the docuseries... I never would have guessed that for Glee. At all, yeah. I mean, the reason the docuseries didn't sit well with me is because they didn't talk to any of the... None of the actors wanted to be a part of it. Uh, Ryan Murphy, who created the show, wasn't a part of it. They did talk to, like... Ryan Murphy created Glee? Yeah, he did. Wow, that's new to me. Okay, wow. He he created Glee. Um, They talked to, like, you know different hairdressers that worked from seasons one to three, or like a director of photography who worked through seasons three through five, or th- so there was random people like that. And then they had random like, you know, psychiatrists who didn't even work on the show or with the cast, like, just give their two cents like, like they were facts. And, what an, what and, then, they intervie- and then they interviewed yeah. former friends of some of them, like they interviewed Corey Monty's old roommate, his interview seemed genuine about like, you know, about who he was as a person. They interviewed Naya Rivera's dad and like I felt bad for him that seemed like it was a really like genuine interview, but everyone else seemed like they were just trying to stir up stuff because. I don't know if you know this about Leah Michelle, Leah Michelle has a reputation for being difficult like she's kind of like she came from like she came from Broadway she was the only one in the cast that like at the time when the show started was like had done. Other than like the like Jane Lynch or Matthew Morrison like of the young kids she was the only one that had done a lot. She was on okay. Broadway. She's a total New York Broadway kid. And sometimes, I mean, I did drama all four years of high school, and I I knew girls like her who like right. thought they thought they had the best voice. Like you know, goes to their head, yeah, goes to their head. And apparently, Leah Michelle was like that. But they tried oh. to turn that. They turned the documentary into like a let's bash her for like an hour and a half for like
0: oh, no reason. No one wants to kind see of out either. <laughs> like Holy. like we all
1: we all we already we all heard that she's difficult. We all we all know it. And to kind of spin it in a way where like maybe her being difficult kind of affected Corey montley like, they try to spin that angle like maybe that affected oh my his God. mental state and like all it it was just like a really like
0: it, taste feel, it sounds
1: <laughs> yeah it kind of made me feel dirty bit <coughs> yeah oh. I, mean, I got i mean i got through all well. three hours of it because i was curious to watch it but three yeah, it hours like hours like, yeah, I mean,
0: that's a that's a chore yeah,
1: it's a chore um but yeah there's no direct correlation between like oh like how and they talked about how other crew members from the show, unfortunately, had passed away, like, during the show's run. It's just, like, they were, I don't know if you believe in, like, curses and stuff like that. They were trying to make it seem like, well maybe, well, maybe there's a Glee curse. Maybe this is why the things, these things happen. But, like, in reality, like, this stuff just does happen. And maybe it happens to yeah. a, a group more than others. And in this case, it happened with, with them. And it's unfortunate. Um, Very much but, so. You know, but, you know, at this point, you know, it's been, like, what almost ten years since Corey Monte passed away, and like yeah, I think uh, so. And she then like
0: eleven,
1: Ny Rivera died. Like died in like twenty twenty, and like you know, it, and that has nothing to do with like fame or anything like that. She, it was like an accidental drowning, and then Mark right. Sailing had his own problems. So it's like you no, know, <laughs> that had enough. That had nothing to do with the show. I mean, so it was a very like loose thread that they were trying to like go on, and mm-hmm. somehow somehow they milked it for three hours, but. Like, like I said, I think there I think there's a good documentary to be made about that show if you were actually talking but, to, to like the real people that were really yeah. involved and in, in the thick of it, but not something but like that. That wasn't it. No. Not at all.
0: Well, on a positive note, you just reminded me just throughout this conversation, uh, one other thing I did get in that I wanted to just quickly do a plug about was um Scott Cooper's The Pale Blue Eye. I got that in Netflix uh, release I, in this year this month. Phenomenal. Did you get a chance to see that yet?
1: No, I haven't watched it yet. I heard good things though. I actually heard that it was really yeah. uh uh really like uh more decent than they probably a lot of people thought it was going to be i guess from what i've heard um
0: well yeah coming I mean, off antlers which a lot of people agreed was love, a little bit disappointing i i, I, I mean, liked I, antlers a lot i
1: liked i liked a lot too um i i, and like, I, was, I, got to, I yeah i got to uh interview scott cooper and carrie russell like after that uh, uh movie came oh, out Oh
0: no way and That's uh, awesome
1: and like it was so cool because they were like he was so happy that i was like oh yeah like and you what you're trying to do with this theme here and he's like oh you get it i was like yeah i totally get it uh yeah that's so so fascinating you got to
0: interview him i love that
1: movie that was really good
0: so if you like scott cooper then if you're familiar with his work even though all his movies are so vastly different like it's still you get scott cooper's touch within this one and it is great and uh i can i always i've messed this up multiple times this week is it harry or henry melling the guy that plays at allen poe Oh shit. I think it might be. I hey, think hey, I can look at that. I, I should have known this before I was speaking about it. But anyway, regardless, oh, no, so, him and Christian Bale, powerhouse performances by them. They were great. Cinematography was beautiful. Scott's direction was awesome. Like that's probably one I would check out again before the years up. Honestly, I really had a good time watching that one. Nice.
1: Well, I got that's what to I wanted the list say. I got yeah, to say. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I should be watching shit like that instead of the price of Glee on the <laughs> ID channel. <laughs> Man, totally. true, crime, true crime TV, man. I can't avoid it sometimes. And like, ah, well, it's
0: yeah, it's, it's noble what you do. Like, even if you don't have like the greatest sense, you're gonna enjoy something when you watch. The fact that you're able to sit yourself through it and do it anyway is great. I'm the type where like if I'm put off by something, like I'll generally watch something I feel or or know I'm going to enjoy spending my time on. But I'm sure that's gonna change. Maybe even in regards to this, just to have some more genuine conversation about some stuff. But
1: yeah, I me mean, because yeah, sometimes. Sometimes we got to watch stuff we don't like, like, if we like even yeah. if we have a feeling. I mean, I, then that probably feels weird for me to say, since you guys have all heard how I feel about seeing Avatar the way of Water. I should probably see it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we all me kind of like, we're all kind of like, in a position where we have to watch certain things that we may not enjoy. And like, and then, you know, who knows? You might think you won't enjoy it. And then like, it turns out, yeah. it's pretty good. It's pretty good. So
0: you never know. I can't say Sometimes I haven't that. been surprised before. So yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah um so um getting right to it we are in the thick of award season and Mm -hmm. a lot happened this week with awards uh like we saw in the previous episode the the golden globes did not air on sunday as they have done in the past they did not want to compete with nfl uh which is probably really smart um (laughs) they air they aired them on uh tuesday um still almost had record low ratings and i think that's just because award shows just don't do that well on network tv anymore i don't think it has to do with like the movies anymore because there's some pretty mainstream movies that are nominated uh or people from them that were nominated this year and it's still like people then tune in i mean it also was on a different night than it normally is on um that could have a lot to do with it um i think
0: yeah. next year we'll see some different numbers once they put it on uh is it the globes that are going on netflix
1: uh, so SAG is going to Netflix. Um, SAG, okay. Yeah, the SAG, that, and that's smart. I think that's like the best thing to do because I I feel like people 100%. who are watching, people who are watching these shows, or people that are in the industry, are like are curious about it. Are it's not a lot of regular people tuning in to watch. I mean, the Golden Globes is the fun one because that's the one where they get to like kind of walk around and drink, and they get kind of like mm-hmm. loose lipped a little bit. Uh, it's not like yeah. the Oscars where everything is so like prim and proper and like put together um but yeah you know we'll see um because also like the critics choice awards were this week and they they had record low numbers for the cw but they were on the cw and that is not (laughs) a that is not a big four network so um that could have a lot to do with it as well um but yeah we have the golden globe awards they have those results and then we got the sag nominations right after that and then the dga nominations the directors guild um uh association in case anyone doesn't know what sag is that's the screen actors guild association and then the pga which is the producers guild association uh released their nominations and then the critics choice awards had their uh, winners um as well um the golden globes isn't a total precursor to like what the oscars are going to do because hollywood foreign press is like a bit of a different vo- voting body uh when you get to like the sag awards and the dga and the pga Awards, they sometimes are in line with like where the nominations are going to go uh for the oscars and we can kind of talk about that um when we get to those particular awards um but the golden globe winners um we we called some of these when we talked about the golden globe nominations um yes, we did. some of, some of them i we were wrong on but like i think for the most part um they were pretty much in line with uh what we thought they were going to be so um Best motion picture drama. I will call this one saying that I was wrong. I thought Top Gun Maverick had a good shot at winning it just because it was, you know, super popular and like people loved it. But, you know, they went with uh the uh, cinematic nostalgia of Steven Spielberg and gave it to the Fablemans. Um and honestly, I can lump this together too. The Fablemans had like a really good couple of days because they won Best Picture uh drama at the Golden Globes, and then Steven Spielberg secured a directors guild uh nomination as well um you know i kind of think with this movie it's like i think especially if you're like in the film and you're like you and of course everyone that votes on these are either filmmakers or they work in the industry there's probably something about this movie that kind of tugs at the heartstrings for them where it's like oh it's about the love of movie making um because there was someone on twitter that it can't stand this movie at all like as soon as they saw it Mm -hmm. they were like they were like oh it's just so like manipulative and like not as strong as like his previous work but i think for industry insiders and industry people that are like you know associated with like directing producing acting and all that stuff i think it kind of strikes a chord uh with them a bit and there's a pretty decent shot that um even I, I think Steven Spielberg is going to get an Oscar nomination for best director. I think, oh, the, I hope I so. think, I think the movie is definitely going to get a best picture nomination as well. Um, I'm still up in the air about whether or not a win, but like it did win uh, the globe and, um, and that was, you know, that was great. I thought it was nice to yeah. see. I liked the movie. Steven winning for
0: me. director. I was very happy yeah. about it. So yep. about the movie, yeah, it hasn't. I did. I, dou- I double checked. It hasn't come to my local theater, which is uh, disappointing. I thought I'd have the chance to sneak it, sneak it in, but I think it might just be a late release over here. That that happens sometimes. Yeah, that came to us like I had the whale come late last late. year. There was something that uh, came like a couple months late after it. It was a December release. I can't remember off the top of my head, but as soon as that's in there, I I need to see that. I, ideally, I'd like to get it in before the Oscars. There's still some great. Like many of the movies that are up in the front runners here, I'll need to see that haven't come. Like Babylon was in my theaters for like two weeks. I missed <laughs> that slot. For like, the like two seconds. <laughs> like two like seconds. literally, which is disappointing, <laughs> man. I really want to see that. Like Top Top Gun was in theaters here for months.
1: Yeah, but Tableman's uh, well, the you, you is know, one that I was. You yeah. know, what? if it does, if it doesn't come uh, to you, I will. I will drop box you a link so you can like watch it at home if you want to oh that
0: would be oh i didn't that would be amazing but, yeah as long as i can see it before that would be great appreciate yeah. that
1: yeah um yeah i wasn't and i wasn't upset with the win i thought it was i thought it was a pretty solid win i mean except for you know the guy on the guy on twitter who uh i won't say who it is because he's a pretty decent <clears throat> press person uh but he's okay. very vocal he's very vocal about what he doesn't like and like he <sighs> was very he was very, very, like, right away, as soon as he saw his, like, first press screening for it. I think he was excited to see it, because it's Spielberg. Okay. And it, it's, it's loosely based on Spielberg's life. It's about, like, you know, you know the encouragement he kind of gets, like, be, wanting to be mm-hmm. a young filmmaker, like, relationship with his mother, and, like, all this really, like, interesting stuff. And that probably, you would think, would make a great movie for a lot of people that were, like, curious as to how, like, Spielberg kind of grew up in this kind of, like, you know, Because everyone, when they talk about Spielberg, they talk about still that he has this like ability to kind of take you back to like almost being like a child when it comes to movies. Like, it's like, you're kind of discovering like magic again a bit. Exactly. And I think that's what a lot of people thought they were going to get from it. And then some people who felt they didn't get that, I think that's why they are kind of like, oh, it's just okay. And, (laughs) you know, but I mean, I, I personally, I really enjoyed it and I, you know, I'm I'm pretty okay with it. I would have been happy at Top Gun one too but um I'm expecting yeah. to be blown
0: away. I can't wait for Fable Men. It's everything that I'd want and I think Stephen telling this story this time of his life, I'm glad that he has the chance to do it and uh just as a young person an aspiring filmmaker, I guess you could say myself, it's it's something that I'm really looking forward to seeing and something I could definitely see inspiring me to to work in the industry one day. Yep. So, bring it on. Uh,
1: and then uh best musical or comedy because like we told you they split their uh drama musical categories into two the banshees of in won, one and uh i finally did watch it i didn't tell you that i watched it oh, I oh nice it. i really enjoyed it and i actually can see why um i guess almost every major actor from this movie is getting some kind of like acknowledge- acknowledgement uh from it um i i thought it was really good and i really i thought the writing was really good it's a really solid movie uh and um you know, there was a there was a big debate about this, because I think I called it for uh, everything everywhere all at once I thought that I was going to win uh, the Golden Globe in that category. I am guess I kind of if I'm just being like, assuming it probably came down between those two movies. Um,
0: yeah, I'd probably guess that as well.
1: But yeah, but yeah, I was happy. I was happy with that win as well, especially after I saw the movie. Um, I was rooting for everything everywhere all at once, but I wasn't uh, disappointed by it that way right. either it's a good
0: way to put it i can't say enough good things about banshee's year, and that movie was phenomenal and i love martin mcdonough everyone attached in the cast i think they deserve all the recognition that they're getting happy yep. to see it It was a great great choice i think an easy choice too or maybe not I easy so. but i agreed with it we <laughs> will put it that way
1: and i uh yeah speaking of Martin mcdonough he also won uh uh screenplay for a motion picture as well uh at the golden globe so it was actually a really big night for, uh for that movie that movie yeah it uh, yeah it was i mean, like. You know, it's, it'll be interesting because, of course, the Oscars don't separate um, musical mm. and comedy and drama. So, like, it'll be interesting to see, like, kind of what gets in and then what is kind of like the front runner. Um, oh, I just want to point out, too uh, Babylon didn't win anything except for best score. Um, so, I mean, uh, it is a really good score. It's a really good, like, jazzy, like, uh, you know, throwback movie score. But mm-hmm. um, Justin Horowitz, uh, Horowitz, sorry, uh, won for best score. And it was, it's a. Uh, Which is. It was, He's four for four. He is four for four. Yeah. Yeah. He's really for him. I I guess, yeah, with working with uh, Damien Chazelle, yeah, uh, magic. (laughs) I guess. uh, (laughs) Absolutely. I love him as a composer.
0: Yeah. uh, Composers are like some of my favorite uh, parts of of movie making. And uh, so he has a score from uh damien's previous movie first man uh one of the songs called the landing or score is called the landing which i still listen to on the regular like i have it on my phone on spotify and if it comes on like i'll listen to it it's just like yeah, an electric guys. piece of music he's a great yeah, he, great composer good for he's him. really good he, kinda,
1: he reminds me a little bit It's i feel like they have like this really kind of like they understand each other i guess like as far as like uh what he is as a filmmaker and what he needs from him, you know, from music, it kind of reminds me of like Spike Lee has worked with Terrence Blanchard a lot, and that's been like his like okay com- his composer, and like right. they, I feel I feel like they just understand each other without really vocalizing like okay this is what I want. I think they kind of just get like you know this is I get what you're I already get what you're putting down kind of thing. They and have some intuition
0: like they, going on between each other. Yeah,
1: it feels like they do. yeah. Um, so best actor in a drama. I, did we call? It, we either said it was gonna be Brendan Fraser or Austin Butler, and um, Austin. I was Butler thinking won.
0: Brendan Fraser. Yeah, I, I was thought, I, surprised
1: with that. I thought Brendan. Uh, I thought Brendan Fraser was gonna win too. Um, he did win at I the Critics Choice Awards, though. though. Yeah, yes, I'm not either. Right. His I, speech I, was great. His speech was really good. Um, you know, I'm not disappointed. That Austin Butler won because, however you feel about the movie, um, he's very, very good in it. Um, yeah. yeah it's a a Baz thing like some people don't like all the the flash and like you know everything doesn't have Mm -hmm. to be like you know (laughs) it's just a Baz thing you know it you know it if you know his movies already um yeah it was cool to see him win actually I actually liked his speech I know some people have like made fun of him because he they were like why does he still sound like Elvis like or is he still right I thought that too
0: (laughs) I haven't heard him talk before so I was like is he still stuck because I know he had difficulty getting out of the role I yeah. just couldn't tell if that's how he talked or if he was still kind of drawn on Elvis's voice. So that was a weird moment well, for me.
1: I was dying. I was watching TMZ and they were doing a clip from like the Golden Globes and they were like, uh, oh, like the voiceover guy was like, well, maybe that's just how he talks. And then they cut to a clip from when he was like on uh, some Nickelodeon show back in the day. And like his voice was, of course he was younger then, but they are like, his voice does not sound like that. I mean, he could, I, it's possible that he could still just be living it. I mean, I, I can see that being like a transformative kind of thing. It might be a little right. ridiculous, but like you know, whatever. It's fine. Like, he did. He did say he had a, a hard time shaking it when when he was done shooting. Yeah, it was kind of with him. So.
0: I can't comment on his performance cause I still haven't seen Elvis, but just watching cause th- there's only a few of the globes I was awake for as they were, I, I I caught a good amount of the, of the the show, but I didn't see everything, but I did see Austin Butler's win in his speech and I just couldn't help but feel like overwhelmingly excited for what this will mean for his career and where he'll go forward from this. I don't know. Um, I know even just as far as two or three years ago when he he had a, a minor role in Quentin Tarantino's once upon a time in Hollywood, like I, he was uh, to me at least a relative unknown so i don't know what sort of career recognition he's had yet so i'm expecting this will be a big surge for him going forward
1: yeah i think so 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 at the time when he was in that i i only really knew him uh more his personal life it's only because like people i know told me about it like he was dating vanessa at the time oh wow so i was like oh okay so i only knew him because of like what famous person he was seeing, uh, but I thought he was really oh, good okay. <laughs> the time in Hollywood. I know it's a smaller part, but I thought he was really good in that. And absolutely. But, but this is like a game changer for him. I mean, mm. I honestly think I I agree with a lot of people who are saying, I think the three way race, if they all get nominated for Oscars and who's who might win, it'll come down to him, Brendan Flasier and then Colin Farrell. I think that is mm. like the trifecta of like who's likely to win in that category if they all get nominations. I'm sure they they will. But, yeah, I think it's coming down to that.
0: Yeah, do you remember in the episode we were talking about the nominations for the Globes and I said that I didn't expect Colin Farrell? Like, I didn't think that he had put in a, a yeah, performance yeah. that was... Man, I'm eating my words now, aren't I? Because he won yeah. and I do think it's deserving. And I think I got to go give his uh, performance some more love upon rewatch because uh, I, I was clearly wrong.
1: <laughs> he also had a really good speech, too. I thought it was, like, very heartfelt about, like, you know, That's how right. Martin martin mcdonough like basically changed his career by like you know putting him in like those initial movies of his like you know because Colin farrell back in the day had he was a good actor but he had a rep for being like a party boy he was like he was known a lot for that when he first came out when he was like doing like minority report and like daredevil and like those kind of movies phone booth he was like everyone acknowledged that he was a very talented actor but he was also known for being like out on the like nightlife scene and like yeah you know, okay. he took he took britney spears to like the premiere of the recruit it was like a movie that he did with al pacino and like this was like during like her party phase too so he had like a, a uh, rep okay. and then like his reputation like slowly changed when he started to like focus less on doing he started stopped doing more mainstream movies and started doing more character driven stuff and then mm. and then and then he had a kid and i think that helped a lot and now he just okay. seems like now he seems just way more present in everything that he does so i think that uh being a
0: parent will do that i'm sure yeah yeah
1: and i actually I, like that, I much prefer this stage of his career over like uh his start even though he had some good movies when he started i think like he's really right put in like really focused work and has done like so many different types of things too uh in like the last few years and yeah yeah I think me personally i
0: i don't know what i would have seen of Colin pre in Bruges, which was 2008, like his first one with Martin. I don't know what I would have seen because I haven't seen Ben Affleck's Daredevil. I honestly kind of forgot Colin was in that. I haven't seen <laughs> him. He's in Miami Vice, right? Yeah, he's in with, Miami uh, Vice. Was he alongside uh, uh, he Jamie Foxx? Yeah, Jamie Foxx. So right. yeah. yeah, I haven't, haven't seen it though, but uh, I love his yeah, career I mean, where he's at now. One of my yeah. favorites.
1: Uh, Phone Booth is a good like early uh, Colin for a movie. Tigerland is like the, his movie that broke him out is really. Really good as well. Okay, um he's not like the best part about Minority Report. My Minority Report is a really good Steven Spielberg sci-fi movie. It. Yeah, right, it's like yeah. it's a really, really a Tom good show. Tom Cruise show for sure. And, but yeah, he's like. Uh, but I, I think if you were to watch his stuff from like when he was starting to get famous, and looking at maybe probably where you're saying like 2008 on, I think you yeah. would prefer 2008
0: on definitely, and to, that's like, how I know Colin. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. and I think well, he's he got the year. To, he had a big year, and I also think in the beginning he fell into that trap of like, do you do more mainstream movies because like you're now the it guy and like you know they're casting you in like these kind of like bigger like blockbusters, or do you focus on like doing smaller stuff? And I think at a certain mm-hmm. point, I think like for him, when you get older, there's room to do both, and I think that's where he's kind of figured out like, I can like do the mainstream, he can do the Batman if he wants to. And then that can lead to even bigger That's things right. for him like in that universe like now he's getting his own show the show right. um, so like you know I, there's room for both and i think that once actors kind of find that uh balance it works out really well and i think it's worked out really mm-hmm. well for him so yeah good for him and uh certainly uh then like kate blanchett she was the front runner in the drama category for best actress she won for tar um on the flip side of that for uh comedy or musical michelle yo one for everything, uh, everywhere, all at once. She had a really good speech as well. Um, yeah. so, some people gave her some shade because they started playing the music to talk her off. And then oh, is that right, and eh? she, and she basically was like, no, like, yeah, kind of like stop. And then, cause she's like, this is her moment, right? She's 60 years old. Like she's kind of having like this resurgence, even though it's weird that like it's a resurgence cause she's been in like so many things, Uh, but you know, she's getting noticed again. And she was kind of like, I, yeah. yeah and then she was kind of the like the North American she,
0: audience is kind of noticing her, her now. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And when they were playing her off, she was basically like, "Stop!" And then she kind of turned around because, like, she's Michelle Yeoh and she's a badass and she's been in movies where she kicks ass. She was like, "I'll beat you up," like it was a joke, <laughs> and it wasn't meant to be. But some <laughs> people were like, "Oh, that's kind of rude that she did that." I was like, "It was a joke." Oh, come on! Like, and like, let her have her ah, give her
0: a break. Yeah, you totally. Know, I didn't get to I, catch her, her speech, but well, that's hilarious. What I,
1: what I liked about her speech is like she basically said like, by the time she was about to turn sixty, she was like, okay, I could either say like, what you've done so far is pretty good. Like you you've got to work with Spielberg, you worked with James Cameron, uh, you worked with Danny Boyle, you worked with all these really good people, and maybe if that's it, then that's fine. And then she kind of like she said like the Daniels cast her in this, and it's like gave her, like, a new sense of, like, purpose of it and to kind of show that it's not done at a certain point. You can still keep going. And, like, I thought that was a really good thing about her speech. And, like, it's cool to, like...
0: 100%. It's, cool.
1: it's just cool to see people like that having a moment like that. And she's fantastic in the movie, too. Like, you know, I think when it comes down to the Oscars, it's going to come down to her and Kate Blanchett. I think Kate Blanchett has more, like, of more oomph behind her. Um, I think you're right. Because Kate Blanchett won uh, the critic's choice award for Best Actress over her. Um yeah. and I know that's a different voting body too, but like you know, it's you know, I think everyone's been praising Kate Blanchett's performance in this like since they saw it. Um and I think she's gonna have the slight edge. But I will take a surprise.
0: I agree with you. Yeah.
1: If they, yeah, but yeah, I think she mm-hmm. has the edge, but like, you know, still gonna get a nomination though. Like she, you know, that's that's a lock for sure. Um I'm still
0: reeling from the fact that you said she's 60, because, like, although it makes complete sense, uh, she could pass for mid-40s easy, maybe even early 40s. Like, she is a beautiful woman, and not that age would impact that at all. I just can't believe that she's 60 years old. It's crazy to me. Hadn't considered that.
1: Uh, Yeah, and I didn't think about it either. And, like, it's so interesting, too, because I've seen, like, I guess for people like me, she hasn't really, like, gone away. Like, I've always seen her and stuff. Right. Um, But, you know, for a lot of people, they are discovering her for the first time, I guess. You know, they, they I mean, I guess like she had a pretty big year the year that Crazy Rich Agents came out. She was uh Henry Golding's mom in that, and that was a huge hit when it came out. Um but I guess she's always kind of been like my friend described her as someone that, like, I know you from somewhere, but like, what mm-hmm. do I know you from? Like she's that right. kind of actress. I see. But I think but I think now everyone is you know gonna know her name. And that's uh okay. That's a good thing, and she deserves Absolutely. it. Absolutely, good
0: for her. She does. She does deserve it.
1: Um okay. Best supporting actress uh, in a motion picture went to Angela Bassett for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever. You know what? We talked about this too. Very smart on their end to campaign for her. She was, I think, campaigning for her in that category was a very last minute thing because, like, oh, okay, Black, pa- Black Panther is not getting the same like awards attention that their first movie got, and I and that's fair because the first movie was such like a pop-cultural phenomenon. It was like a bigger thing uh, yeah, than the sequel right. was. But the one thing that they can do is push her because like, every, I mean, there's been a big debate about whether or not like you can have like one moment in the movie that is like, that's your Oscar winning moment. And, right. but, if, but if you only have one and the rest of it's just like good and okay, like does that make for a Oscar winning performance? I will tell you this. I think Angela Bassett is a great actress like one of the greatest that we have working uh, right now, her moment in Black Panther that has probably gotten her all these nominations is worthy of awards attention on its own. Like that, it's, it's, that a, right, eh? it, it's a great scene. It's a really, you feel like her pain and emotion, like it it resonated through a very packed theater when we saw it on opening night. Um, And I, but I felt that they weren't gonna try to like push anyone from like a Marvel movie for Oscars, but then someone was like you know if it's someone like her like i think it can mm. work because she actually has like the prestige behind her uh right where the well they'll accept it and you know what she won the golden globe she won the critics choice award for in the same category um you know the competition in her category is not like incredibly fierce there's that <laughs> argument too um right but no, honestly yeah. oh and then also you know if you're a marvel head she's the first uh actor any actor actress or actor from a marvel movie to win like a major award like this and
0: that's a big milestone for the franchise
1: so that's history in and of itself um
0: yeah it seems deserving that she would win it too so good for her
1: yeah and there's like and there's also like everyone respects her in the industry so i don't think it's like i don't think anyone will look at that win if she does eventually win an oscar for it like oh you won for that marvel movie i think that she's so good that it's like no, you're winning this on sheer talent. It happens to be in a Marvel movie, but you're getting this because you give like a powerhouse perform- performance in it, and, and right. that's why you're getting it. Um, so I think there will still be respect on on that win if she does end up going all the way and uh, winning the Oscar for it. Um, and she also gave a really, really good speech. If, if all these everyone gave really good, like humble speeches at the Golden, at the Golden Globes, uh, you know. And, it's funny you mention that
0: because uh, now my mind goes to uh, Jennifer Coolidge's because her she gave quite a speech. <laughs> I think she was a little overwhelmed when she when she won. She was overwhelmed. She,
1: yeah. but she was like my she was my favorite thing of the night though. Like I love when she oh, was. It was funny. I love when she was presenting her award because she like presenting her like different category because she was really funny then yeah. too. And then her even though her speech was like all over the place, I knew exactly what she was trying <laughs> to say though. Like and like really yeah. And the gist of it was like people like, like giving up on her she hadn't really been getting a lot of work and like there were people in the industry that like really st- stood by her she could only remember ryan murphy in the moment but there were other people that, <laughs> that's like, right <laughs> that can't blame her for her. that yeah you know, she was
0: expecting to win
1: i know And didn't like mike white gives her this opportunity in the white lotus uh you know in a limited series that you know they were going to like swap out the entire cast on for season two but like her character was such a like she was such a fan favorite uh, that they brought her back, and okay. I mean, you know, like it brought her back for season two, and you know, I feel like the the theme of this award season, whether it's TV or movies, has been like all these people who are like being rediscovered again, and she's she's been one of them. Um, and it's really cool yeah. to see because she's super talented and like uh, funny and quirky and like you know, fun to watch. I think she's yeah. really fun to watch.
0: We can throw uh, Brendan Fraser in that category as well as someone who's been out of the the limelight in the industry for a couple yeah. decades, give or take now, and who's getting some recognition again. As you're right, yeah. that is definitely seems to be a theme of this award season, which is you yeah. can't be behind that. Uh,
1: and then best supporting actor in the motion picture. I always feel like I'm gonna get his name wrong. Is it K. Huey Kwan? I don't want to mess it up. He's uh in, in everything everywhere all at once. Um, yeah, he's a front. He's a front runner in this category. If he loses the oscar i i i'm, I'm i somebody <laughs> somebody doesn't like him personally I don't
0: know. right i think uh, i think he's got the industry support behind him because like yeah. there's no one that i he you can just tell all the uh the recognition and the hype and the praise that he's been getting and he's is yeah. he not swept his he swept he's swept, he's swept
1: I, th- I think he has swept uh every major one so far
0: yeah uh, so
1: um, he's so, got a good
0: like, trajectory yeah, to win that oscar won-
1: he won the golden globe he won this uh he won the critics choice award he got nominated for a sag award in the same category i will throw that out there to also angela bassett who also got a SAG nomination for black panther in that category um yeah I-, I think it's his lose man i mean he's gonna and i th- and, like i and know yeah again he's part of that theme too that theme of like they're, getting, yep, rediscovered they're getting, <laughs> getting rediscovered again and his speech was like his golden globe speech where he was like i'm he was happy to oh, he got yeah. to win this and like front of Steven Spielberg who gave him his first opportunity. That was my favorite like, moment of the night was, was just that so they cool. were
0: all they both won.
1: Yeah, and it was so cool that he, you know, got to have that experience. And I for, I'm forgetting his name, but I also love the full circuit uh full circle moment of the guy who played Chunk and the Goonies that he's also in. It's also his lawyer that worked out his deal for everything everywhere all at once. So it's like a really okay. interesting like thing how like this all kind of came together uh for him um it's totally. cool to see though and he's you know extremely happy to be there and i just like i love that too like it's like a genuine it radiates
0: off him exactly yeah. he's very I mean, humble I'm, and grateful
1: i'm watching like all these like i'm on instagram there's all these different pictures and videos of him like just taking pictures with like every celebrity from at all these events or like who you know either they know who he is or they don't and like he's just having like the time right. of his life like because really, he hasn't
0: acted since he was like a late teen early 20s right it,
1: it's been a, it's been a while and he's done, like it's interesting because he was in uh he was in the movie with brendan fraser a long time ago uh oh. so they so they have that connection uh too he you know he hadn't been in anything in a while it's been a very anything of significance in a very long time
0: right and, okay
1: and much like they did with michelle yo the daniels you know took a shot on him and put him in this and uh, yeah, he they changed like two lives, I think, with a uh, by casting it this way. And you know what, too? I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis has been in the industry forever, but she's been like she can't she campaigned late too for this movie. She wasn't really like she's funny in it, right? But it's like I didn't expect her to get nominated for best supporting actress. But she so far has been using has been like has been nominated for almost every major award, leading at the right. Oscars for for her performance That's here. Right. So like, uh. You know they really kind of hit the nail on the head with like how they chose uh, their talent on this. Uh, so good yeah. for them. Um, Dave, yes. Yeah. Um. You know, was that all the movie stuff? I just wanted to make sure if I miss. Oh, so that song I'm, I'm not gonna touch on it in a long time because I I was wrong. I picked the Black Panther song to win best original song. The Rihanna oh, song, right? But yep. the song from RR won the Golden Globe. Uh, not, to, not to not to not to and it won the critics choice yeah. award for best original song so i might Go have to if it comes to, if it gets nominated for an oscar i might have to change my prediction to that winning best original song at the oscars i'm,
0: I'm sure it, it will i'm sure it, it will get nominated
1: um uh, and then the critics choice award um everyone thought that all quiet on the uh, western Front is going to win uh best foreign language film but then rrr won um so That's right. it's, a, it's a really tricky uh <laughs> tricky award season with the movies <laughs> A i'm a little discussion.
0: biased because i i saw all quiet on the western front i haven't seen RRR, so like yeah. in my heart i was like hoping i just loved all quiet like it was an amazing experience but i i really do gotta get RRR, and especially probably before the oscars because i need to just to know what i'm getting into before by the time uh, nominations get here so i'm yeah. really excited to see it actually is it a netflix yeah. movie yeah
1: it is wow yeah, it's on netflix yeah um, and just to show that we just don't care about movies, will I will quickly throw the TV stuff your way. House <laughs> of the Dragon won best drama uh, TV series. Yes, very happy um, with that. I, forgot, I, I think you were very. I think that was the only the only one I posted on my Instagram story that you like responded to. I'm like, yeah, so he must be. I was
0: about so it. <laughs> pumped. I am a huge Thrones fan, and House exactly. of the Dragon delivered on all fronts for me. So yes, love to see that it won that.
1: <laughs> yep. Um. I was actually excited for our best musical or comedy TV series, Abbott Elementary. It's one of the best comedies on TV right now. And it's on network TV, which is kind of rare to have like nowadays to have a comedy oh. series that uh on network TV that is really funny. But think of it as like the office, but like with teachers and like, that's what you got. It's like a really kind oh, of okay. like kinda, like, almost, behind like, that. like mockumentary almost style a little bit. It's really the writing is like super solid. Um yeah, it's a one of the funniest shows on TV. Um, Quinta okay. Brunson, uh, Quinta Brunson, I think, on best uh, actress in a musical or comedy for uh, Abbott Elementary. She plays the lead. She also created the show. Uh, on top of that, okay, jeez, uh, um, lady, yeah, she is. And then um, on the best actress in the drama TV series category, uh, Zendaya won for Euphoria. I watched Euphoria. Thought that was much deserved. If it's for yeah, her I thought you would be happy with that one yeah if it's for her intervention episode, then I was like just give her all the awards now and uh yeah tell everyone else to go home. She also won the critics Choice award in that uh same category um as well um and then on uh the limited se- uh series side of things, Evan Peters won for dahmer um
0: mm. yes, about that
1: yes yeah 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 so you wanted to, yeah, you want to say we, something about yeah yeah, well yeah
0: like i i didn't see too much i saw a couple posts kind of like and i don't know how much traction this really got in the mainstream uh but it's why i was, wanted to bookmark this to talk to you about have you seen any more i know that he got a little bit of hate for not recognizing like the victims in his speech i remember thinking his speech was really well done and really in good taste
1: yeah and to see um, some hate
0: i just was like where is this coming from i definitely
1: i definitely saw that it did gain uh a little bit of traction um you know, it was a good, healthy mix, though, because, like, I think some people felt the way you did. It His speech was, like, short and to the point, but I thought he said a lot without saying too much, yeah. without being on too long. You know, like, he, I think he's aware of, like, what the show is and how people feel about it, especially, like, the victims of the show. So I, I, I'm i sure, you know, the victims of, like, the real-life victims of Jerry Dahmer who have had to, like, deal with kind of, like, this kind of being brought up again because you know it got over a billion stream or views on netflix it's like a super popular oh. show um you know i feel i feel differently about this but i would feel differently if i was a family member of a victim right of my course thing is, yeah that's a good my, point my thing is actors have played real life bad people for a very long time he's not the first person to play someone who is vile and
0: it's another yeah, great point
1: disgusting um we're, we're awarding him for his performance not because he's not really Jeffrey Dahmer. So, like, I mean, he put in the work. He did really good work. um, And he won for it. And that's what they were voting on. Like, they're voting on yeah, those those exactly, merits, And not, like... And... Like, yeah, what are um, you going to say?
0: Sorry, yeah, no, I mean to cut you off. It, like, he, getting down to it, like, I don't feel like he has necessarily the responsibility to apologize or to take the credit and and give you know I don't know the right words to put together for that but uh he I think he did justice by like his short sweet little speech he did comment on how difficult the material was to make and to be a part of not to mention like he's in the headspace of Jeffrey Dahmer for however long they were filming that and probably long after this is probably a hard thing to get out of for him as well and I think that he did it justice by I don't remember his speech verbatim but I do remember thinking like yeah that's that's a good Good way to accept i think, accept the I think award. one of the
1: things one of the things he said was he hopes like people's lives were changed by watching it and by and by saying that i think it's like you take from it there are going to be some people that watch it because they love kind of stuff based on true crime and it, it's exciting yeah and they're going to be other people that watch it that are going to like look at all like the real like nuances of the story and like t- you know look at how like shitty it was that like cops kind of ignored like what was going on with some of these victims because they assumed that, like, right. you know, they didn't want to get involved in, like the, old, like, the whole gay thing and stuff like that. That's a big part of the story right. that you can learn from. And, like, I think that is what a lot of people who actually look at it, like, objectively have taken from it. Um, how, mm-hmm. awful, how awful that time was and maybe how much earlier he could have been caught if there wasn't so much, like, you know, bias against, like, homosexuality and stuff like that at the time. Yeah. Um, I think that's what you take from it. Like most smart people will take that from it, and I think that's what he was trying to say. Instead of like, I I didn't get a thrill from watching it, but I thought it was well done, and it was well made. I
0: I agree, one hundred percent. I, yeah, did, I did. I did enjoy it, but I wasn't blown away per se. Yeah. But I think he's deserving of the win, absolutely as well.
1: Yeah, and I th- thought he was very good. And like you know, Niecy, Niecy Nash won Best Supporting Actress at the Critics Choice Awards from from, from that show. Uh, right, she did, and she did actually. You know, she thanked uh, the uh, the woman that her that she's based on. Um, and basically right. said, you know, she basically said through my performance, I hope that you're finally seen, and, like, so that's nice. It's nice to do it, but, like, I, you're, it's also not your responsibility. Right. Like, you're, you're an actor. Like, it's a, it's a part, it's a role. It's not, like, that's are yes. And, you, and you're also had, right, too, that he lived in that headspace for a long time. It wasn't an easy part <laughs> for him to play. Um, Nisi Nas said that she did not meet Evan Peters until they wrapped. That's how, like, immersed in this he was wow so so like See
0: what that's exactly what i'm saying
1: so now he's coming out of it in this kind of like tv award season and getting acknowledgement for it and like and i i don't think like now that acknowledgement is public right so you've been i'm sure he's seen everything that everyone else is seeing which is like them saying like oh they never consulted any of like the victim's families about about this like you know like i'm sure he sees it and i'm i'm sure he has empathy yep. for it and like i think ryan murphy has empathy for it but i will say this ryan murphy however you feel about him uh whether you think that his shows start off so strong and then they fall apart which is how i usually feel uh the one thing that he does really really well is like the true crime tv he's really good at it uh i mean like his american crime story like versace and like the oj simpson one it's like it's so good and like he's just he can he knows how to like tap into like these real life kind of pop cultural f- events and then turn them into compelling television and I won't take that away from him I know I would feel differently if I was personally involved Yeah, you know, uh, yeah 100% as a, that's as a, a good point as a, as a family member but yeah I thought it was silly for him to get dragged uh
0: that's back. more or less what I'm getting at and I think you hit the nail on the head with what you had to say about that so <clears throat> now yeah. I yeah. feel content having brought that up
1: <laughs> no no no. good and i'm glad and i'm glad you did because like i i figured that was going to be the point because i saw it like immediately on twitter like almost as soon as he like left the stage i was like people Instantly. Were already like yeah. on their it, on their phones or on their outlets you're, just, you're like, so right <laughs> right away so like it
0: just um, made me think that people look for things to, to drag actors on it's just i don't know it just kind of set something off in me where i just didn't think it was deserved so uh, good brain. um
1: so uh just Kind of piggybacking, all lump these together. So, with award season comes, like of course, all the guilds get to nominate their stuff. Um, I first I want to say for the DGA, the Directors Guild Association, um, I'm gonna tell you, like, uh, they are sometimes a strong indicator for the best director Oscar race. It has only missed the mark eight times in 74 years so wow uh, so last last year the guild awarded jane campion for the top prize for the power of the dog and then she ended up winning of course she won the oscar uh for power of the dog uh later uh that year um so that's a pretty good track record for seeing like who will get nominated uh and you know and and if whoever wins might likely win the oscar uh on oscar night so uh this is a, i thought i think i thought the picks were pretty good um i'll get the it's complaints race. i'll get the complaints out of the way and i will and yep. i will say i fully agree with this there were no females nominated for the top prize there were like some nominated for like the i guess like first director prize they have that kind of uh category as well but there were a lot of complaints right. that there were no female directors acknowledged and we had a lot of really good movies directed by females the women king women talking that have been a huge part of like the award season uh uh, till another one that's been a big part of award season they weren't acknowledged that it was a big kind of controversy that you know again it's all dudes um not to say that these guys aren't deserving but like you know
0: no exactly it's, well, it's, here, just my two cents on that i think they need to expand the category to include a few more people because obviously it's been years and years now that women haven't been recognized as much as, as people think they they really could yeah. and i think to accommodate that I mean, even if you replace, not replace, but even if you, you include a couple of female directors in this, like I, I feel that like you're really, you are still taking out some very deserving nominations. Like, is there a harm in adding a couple more, like, slots, you yeah. think? Yeah. You think I, that I,
1: happen? I don't know if it will. I mean, I guess the the good argument to that is they do it with, you know, the the best picture race for the Oscars. They can nominate up to 10. 10- and you right. know you'll see that you'll see that with the pga nominations they they can nominate up to like you know that much as well so like you know some people will say like oh well then that gives everyone a chance if you give everyone like a 10 spot you know in each category um i guess well i see your point um and then you also like when you do leave out who might be a deserving female director then it's like well who do i take out of this list that is less deserving of being there um right but yeah We'll, we'll tell you who got we'll, t- we'll tell you who got nominated. It was uh, Todd Field who directed Tar or uh, Joseph Kaczynski who directed Top Gun Maverick. Uh, the the annuals directed Everything Everywhere all at once. Uh, and then Martin McGonagher for The Bandages of In and Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. It's not a bad category at all. Not at all. So I, question I guess here. I guess if you like I guess the questionable one is Joseph Kaczynski but he directed the shit out of Top Gun Maverick so I, I don't no, I just, What else to say to that?
0: <laughs> exactly. It, it is a phenomenal movie. I feel like maybe one of the more unconventional picks, but I think he's got an added bonus of uh, that movie really could have been. It stood out amongst a lot of other... Poor legacy sequels, and the fact that it is as good as it is, I think yeah. people chose to give him some recognition for it. So good for him. So I got a question here because I'm not as familiar with the Guild Awards. Like I've never w- even watched them before; hadn't really paid attention much to them in my previous years. Like I will be going forward. But so, what's the voting body on these?
1: So there, so there's uh, the Directors Guild Association. It was similar to the SAG, where it's like, like when you're when you're a member of like the Screen Actors Guild, you like you pay like basically into it to be a part of it. And um, okay so it's a body of like other in this case will be of other directors uh okay in the case in the case of the sag uh nominations it's other actors and in the case of the producers guild it's other producers so like okay so in so in that way it's kind of fair so it's not like you know an actor voting for a director you know because it's like people in the field who are like uh voting. okay and that's and that's well, why that makes sense that's why it can be such a close precursor to the oscars cuz the, the oscars are very similar in that regard too where it's like in that category you're going to get people from like that profession like voting for that category so like that's makes like that's why you know it it makes a, it's a, i guess a little bit more sense you know it would make more sense i guess to have like the people who work in that field be the ones that like pick you as you know who they think is the best um right but yeah yeah but that's how they so come up be with, like would be wrong
0: would it be wrong to say that many if not all of the people in the in these different guilds are also academy members that that vote yeah a lot, of, a lot of a lot of a lot of them
1: yeah. are yeah a lot of them are okay and and then like you know uh sometimes there's a correlation between like the the directing prize and like best picture sometimes you like you don't always miss it usually if you get nominated for director you usually get a best picture nomination because like you're the guy that like steered that ship so like why wouldn't you get both but you know what's happened before like you know uh Ben Affleck missed a directing slot for Argo, but Argo won Best Picture. So like it's it can happen where like right. it doesn't, you know. But it's kind of it's very rare. Um Okay. I don't know about, about I mean I'm I'm only Rudy. I I would love to see the Daniels win just because I think it'd be a cool story if they won for everything everywhere all at once. But I feel like I the, think so too. I feel like the love is behind Steven Spielberg uh on this one. Um, but that's just my two cents on that. Um
0: no, I agree. Like I really want to see and I'm very, very happy like that he won the Golden Globe because I, I feel like I want Fable to make up for what it lost in box office revenue for in awards recognition. I'm very happy to see that it is getting all this praise. So like I, right. I can't help but feel like like I want Steve to win as well. So but I wouldn't yeah. be un, unhappy with either of these choices. I I haven't seen Tyre yet. It's the only one. Here I haven't seen, but I'm sure it's a it's a wonderfully directed film. I have no doubt Todd Field's uh, nomination is deserved, but I I can't really comment much on it. But all of them are very deserving, I think. But yeah, Steve's got the little yeah. the little yeah. edge for me.
1: The, the only one I think you can count out for sure is Joseph Kaczynski. I think just the nomination is probably the win for him.
0: The bet, ba- yeah, yeah, that's a great point. I think you're right. Yeah,
1: I can I mean, I I mean, I would be happily shocked if he won, but like it'd be like. I think that's like, we're going to give you the acknowledgement of like really directing a solid like big budget movie that kind of exceeded big budget expectations it actually had a bit more heart and like a little bit more integrity that's than right. like a movie like that would normally have. So, so the nomination that is a
0: win in and of itself. Yeah.
1: So now the PGA uh, awards had two surprises in it. Um, and uh, what I'll say um, again. To give you an indication, the PGA has a strong track record in predicting the Oscars as both have a set 10 nominees for best picture. Last year, PGA matched eight of the 10 with the Oscars and both groups agreed on the best picture winner, which was CODA last year. The year before, they also matched with Nomadland and for 2018 with Green Book. For 2019, the only they did not match, the PGA chose 1917 while the Academy went with Parasite. So um uh, oh, man, that's a hard pick. <laughs> so in this and in, in this category, um, I'm just gonna name them and then you just just your best guess name okay. like what name one or two that you feel like <laughs> I don't know why it's there. <laughs> uh, sure, yeah, okay. let's hear them. All right, so we got tar up for a PGA award, uh, Avatar the Way of Water, uh Glass Onion The Knives Out Mystery the fablemans easy the ban the banshees of uh Shirin, elvis top gun maverick the whale and black panther wakanda forever
0: and this is for best picture or best yeah this is for, for best is that like, yeah, is? Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah basically yeah
0: easy uh knives <laughs> out i little uh, overhyped for me i just don't i don't get the love i like the first one much more i yeah. saw the second one uh I wasn't. I, it's a good enough movie. Don't get me wrong. Um, I just think that it, it, of the movies that are on that list, that is an easy choice for me. I haven't seen Black Panther either. Like I feel like I would just as easily be saying that if I had seen it by now, but I can't can't give it to that if I haven't seen it. So I would say Knives Out or uh, so that's, Glass Onion. So
1: so that's fair. So I've seen both, and okay, I I was surprised that not that Wakanda Forever is a bad movie. It's it's pretty good. It's not as like. There were things that I liked about it more than the first one, but I think overall it just does. I I surprised that like the campaigning that it is doing is working, where it actually snuck in to the PGA nominations. Mm. Um, yep, you know, cool win for the producers Ryan Coogler uh, and Mar- everyone at Marvel. That's it's a, you know, DC's not getting that, so good job. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a good point. Good job on their <laughs> part um i was i was surprised when i saw that one i was surprised a bit by glass onion I, th- I think i liked it more than you did um but i think glass onion works more about for the acting ensemble which is so weird because it missed the acting ensemble award for sag which is like i feel like glass onion but is won like it a, for for a critics choice award and like for critics
0: right yeah okay. yeah
1: yeah so i was so i was like so weird that he even get a nomination because like the ensemble is like really good um if you're gonna say anything about the movie um there are some people that are questioning the whale being there too. Cause I think for some people it got mixed reviews as a film, um, Brendan Fraser is getting universal sure. praise, but, but the movie itself is getting mixed reviews. Um, fair. I can't, I can't I, see them going with all these for the Oscars. If, no, if, if no, that, no. I think like, if you're, uh, there are some people that think that the whale now has this like last minute push and it might actually get a best picture nomination, uh, at this point. I think Wakanda Forever is out. And I think yeah, Glass I think Glass Onion is out. You got your two blockbusters represented by Top Gun Maverick and Avatar, The Way of Water. Yep. You even have like a mid-tier box office hidden Elvis uh being represented. You even have like a smaller movie that ended up making a decent amount of money with everything everywhere all at once. They have like a lot of different and then you got your small indies like with Tar and Banjies. And you throw in the, the whales, yep. You got, you got almost every uh kind of like type of movie represented.
0: Uh, yeah, it's getting your, all the demographics to there.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, I'm actually, yeah, I, I can only see those two being left out of the final like Oscar race. Um,
0: right, and we'll we'll know in a week, right? Uh, yeah, we Tuesday, will actually know on the twenty fourth. A, 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 a week will, from today, we'll have noms. we'll right have
1: it. noms. Uh, and if I wake up and see. I mean, I won't be mad if if those two movies sneak in there. Like, all right, nothing right. else. So, like, of course. And then that was that left another argument, right? Because you threw in Black Panther and you threw in Glass Onion. There's a lot of support, like I said, for the Woman King. It actually was doing pretty well award season up until like now. And you know, right. women talking, women talking has been another one that uh, directed by Sarah Pauley that got have got a lot of great attention, but it's a smaller movie and it's you know not getting the props it kind of deserves uh, sarah Polly did win a screenplay award at the critics choice awards though though so that's cool representation right. for them um yeah there's an argument to be made that maybe like she said is another one uh smaller movie but was well received it had an early awards right. impression. it you know it kind of died i think these it kind of dies when these movies don't like do that well at the box office or no one sees them uh, i almost feel bad saying if they don't do that well because the Fable Womens didn't do well, right. but it spilled out. And
0: Babylon. Like Those are two movies, like, underperformers that are getting a lot of love. But like, I, I can't imagine, again, not having seen either of them. I know I'm just talking out of my ass here. But I, I find it hard to believe that Fableman's Womens and Babylon aren't, I would say, in a little bit of a league above, like, Woman King and Women Talking. And She Said, perhaps, and I could be wrong about that, but I'm not surprised to see those movies doing well over those other ones. If there yeah. was... It, there's just simply not enough room for all well-made movies to have a nomination in every category, so some got to be left behind, and it's not going to—you're not going to uh, not gonna make everyone happy. You're going to ruffle some feathers, but that's just the nature of the game.
1: Yep, and I uh, and I think officially Tattered. since it since it missed the PGA um slot, I think Babylon might be out of the Best Picture race at this point. I'll uh, be I mean, if it sneaks in there, yeah. it might—it might sneak in there. It did get an ensemble nomination at SAG. I mean, that's fair because the ensemble is very good. Uh, but um, I think missing the PGA nominations is a pretty decent indicator that um, it's not going to get the uh Oscar love that Damien Chazelle has been used to, um,
0: used yeah. to and deserving of. And I gotta say, who would have thought in 2017 was it 2017 or 2018 for for La, La, like La, La Land, in 2017 uh, yeah. he, he was the yeah. youngest uh director to win an Oscar at that point? Who would have thought that his next movie, First Man, which is amazing and i watched it in anticipation of babylon which i haven't seen yet i think is criminally underrated and underlooked or overlooked yeah. rather um he, i don't think it got us it might have got a nomination for score um but i don't think it really or and visual effects but nothing like in yeah. any of the major categories i think first man is amazing and uh then babylon not it, it got some love in the early awards but if it doesn't get to the oscar love then i definitely think that'll be an interesting unpredictable trajectory for uh for damien after his win from la, la Land.
1: Well, I think it's kind of a, it must be a blessing and a curse when you come out the gate with, like, two really, in his case, two really big, You're... like, you know, Whiplash was, like, didn't make a lot of money, but it was, like, you know, got nominated for Best Picture, like, he got a lot of recognition for that, like, and then awards La La Island, Land kind yeah. of, yeah, and then La La Land kind of cemented his, whatever, you know, whatever talent he displayed with that, you know, got a lot of Oscar, a lot of awards love, it did really well at the box office, it made a lot of money, Uh, you know, musicals are a tough sell and like that was he was able to sell that first man didn't do as well but i mean i but it wasn't like a moment where like he it seemed like he fell on his face it was like all right it didn't do as well no. as Ma la Land, but like i think people still liked it
0: Um still a great movie
1: some people think that every director needs like their like flop or like their the divisive movie <laughs> this and babylon's his so you know and he he, he actually so. he, said, yeah. he actually said recently that he's he's okay with that he knew that it wouldn't be for everyone you know i mean he might just be saying that um, at this point <laughs> uh,
0: true he could be saving face That's-
1: it's, but, uh, it's losing some money, but uh, you know, <laughs> it's going it, to
0: bode well for those medium budget movies going forward, which is unfortunate. But good for him for making a movie that he knew wouldn't appeal to everybody because sometimes stories that you have that you want to get out there are just worth telling, even if they're not for everybody. And I feel like Damien's one of those filmmakers that, like Marty, almost in a sense, where he doesn't necessarily care if it's for everybody, it's just he right. wants to tell the story. So, right, you know, I, I really respect him as a director, I love him, he's one of my favorite up and comers. Sort of, I guess he's kind yeah. of here now, but younger yeah. generation filmmakers say that.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then just like, just to quickly to point out some of the SAC stuff, uh, the SAC stuff, oh, well, with the acting categories, kind of match up a bit with the Oscars. It can. Um, the ensemble performance by a cast isn't really like a best picture indication because they're, they're not like voting for the movie. They're voting for like best performance of the overall like cast. basically. Right. And, Women talking got acknowledged there, so there's that. Uh, <laughs> and right. then uh, the Fable Men's Everything true. Everywhere, all, Everything Everywhere, All at Once. The Bandies of finished here in Babylon. I think Everything Everywhere, All at Once. And I think that's gonna win. That's just like my personal pick. Um, and then uh, yeah, I, I saying by a male actor in the leading role. There was one curveball in here, and I'm gonna name the curveball first. Adam Sandler got a nomination sure? for, for Hustle, yeah, yeah, um, that
0: was a curveball. <laughs>
1: Um, I did like the Scooby Doo double take when I like heard it because I was like, Burr. like, like what? <laughs> um, not that he's good in it, he is Thank good you. in it, but like, yeah. it was like, <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't do that, would have been great. Um, uh, but it was like surprising. Um, but yeah, Bill Nye got nominated for uh, Living, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Colin Farrell, of course, for the Bandies of Sheeran, and Austin Butler yep. for it. God, wouldn't it be so funny if Adam Sandler won?
0: <laughs> <laughs> right, and like, good for him because he's he's spent what I will say two really great dramatic performances in his career. And he got a lot of love, I think, from like general audiences for them, and not necessarily from the awards. I don't remember how he I wouldn't have known at the time how he did for Punch Love. I know he got some recognition he, and it's what did he, he get got. For, of, did he get anything? He got
1: a no, he got a lot of critical uh love, I think. Maybe the Globes might have like acknowledged him too. They're they're right a bit better at doing that. And then Uncut Jims, there was a big there's a big push for him to get an Oscar nomination for that. And and he, he, probably on, he, yeah, he probably yeah, deserved one. He probably deserved one, but say. like, yeah, I, I don't think they're ready get, yet. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, like, yeah, Adam Sandler. <laughs>
0: True to his word, he said if he didn't get the nomination for Uncut Gems, he was going to make one of the worst movies we'd ever seen. And I think he gave us murder mystery after that. So I yeah. may have his word because I had yeah, to turn yeah. that off like 30 minutes in. Yeah. Anyway, I'd love yeah. to see that he got some recognition, even if it was a curveball. Good for him. Because I'm a little tough on Adam Sandler. I'm not a comedy guy. But uh, when he puts out yeah. a good dramatic performance, I'll be the first to say that he is a great actor.
1: Yeah, for sure. And then on the, the women, the lady side of things, Kate Blanchett, of course, for Tar, Viola Davis for The Woman King, Anna de Armas snuck in here again. She might get an Oscar nomination for Blonde. Uh, 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 um, I hope so.
0: I love um, her. Yeah.
1: So the two biggest arguments, like, uh, uh, on uh, both my outlets and on Twitter, was the Adam Sandler nomination and then hers, Anna de Armas. Anna's? Like, yeah. Because like, there's, now there's, like, a genuine, like, possibility that she could pull off an Oscar nomination for Blonde. I
0: hope so. I want nothing <laughs> but the best for her. So I would love yeah. to see her win for all I care
1: yeah i mean like i guess i think we kind of brought this up before like whatever you feel about yep. the movie she's good in it you know i like i'm not saying the movie's perfect and i, and I actually get the complaints that certain people have about it but yep. she but she's 100% sure. committed in it and uh i'm not mad to see her there i was surprised because i was like the golden globes yeah that they do that they would totally throw her in there but yeah then, like, the screen actors guild that's a little different and that's a little too close. That's a close. That's close to the academy, and that makes me yep. think that you're you're thinking about her. <laughs> you're really thinking about her. Well,
0: <laughs> I I still got to see blonde, but um, I I'm very happy to see that she's getting some love, and I'm hoping that i'm sure no doubt that she's uh feeling a little bit reinvigorated i i can't imagine if she's watching yeah. any of and, and seeing any of the negative reactions to the movie that she's feeling good about it so to see her performance get some recognition must feel good so, I'm so happy you know, for it her.
1: Gives, it's a little validation i think for like
0: yeah that's yeah, a great that's word
1: cool. and then uh michelle yo of course got nominated for everything everywhere all at once and danielle uh deadweiler um for till like this is a performance a lot of people haven't seen Till didn't make a lot of money, but a lot of people who review Till, uh, she was gonna be like they're kind of like uh, uh, it'd be a wild card, but they'd be a happy, they'd be happy for her if she made it in because it's a very, I saw the movie, it's a very strong performance, but like it, it just needs a bit more push, uh, because a lot of people haven't seen it, but the fact that uh, SAG acknowledged her means that like they're paying attention, and maybe the Academy's paying attention to her, much like they're paying attention to Anna De Armas and Blonde, so that's cool to see like um yeah. a lot of people a lot of people were shocked that michelle uh williams didn't make the cut for the fablemans her performance and her role in the film is a supporting role she, i don't know why she's campaigning in lead but i think that's why she missed that slot uh yeah uh, and but but for some reason she's campaigning as a lead even though if you watch it it's very much a supporting uh performance um and then the supporting category paul dano the fabelman's uh brennic leeson the bandage the bandages of inner uh how you get how do you say this thing barry coey uh also in that movie i've heard
0: some different yeah different pronunciations i go with keegan but there's keegan. different people have, yeah
1: all right we'll go with keegan oh, and aka the best thing about eternals uh is also not <laughs> problem for... <laughs>
0: probably yeah also not awesome.
1: uh, nominated. uh kei Huyi kwan <laughs> this is your award they might as well just give it to you but also nominated uh and then eddie retman for the good nurse he might s- slip in there too because he's okay. been the only one he's been the only one like getting acknowledgement from that movie and uh i did watch it he's very good in it So wouldn't be yeah, surprised Eddie remains
0: it he's a and, great talent
1: yeah and on the ladies side of things of course angela bassett uh hung chow from the whale uh she's also kind of been mm. in the mix and out, she's been in the mix and out yeah. of the mix uh and she's back in so good for her. She had
0: two great performances. She was in the menu as well. So I'd love to see her. I her. was
1: great. Yeah. I loved her in the was, menu. She was so good.
0: She was great in both. So love to see yeah. that she got some love.
1: Uh, then Carrie Condon also for Banjies. I think if you spoke in that movie, I think you got nominated. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think so. Yeah. They would have nominated <laughs> uh, The Animals if they could have. They could sure. have,
1: yeah. And then Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Ever All at Once. And then Stephanie, I want, uh, it's HSU. I'm not sure Shoe. exactly. Yeah. Shoe. I think uh, she, it's true, she, yeah. She's also been an Outlier. Everyone's been like, nominate her, nominate her for everything ever all at once. They actually think that she deserves a supporting nod more than her co-star Jamie Lee Curtis, but they both made the cut. So
0: I don't disagree with that. But yeah, it's good to see them both in there. I like her performance to me is more memorable than Jamie Lee, isn't it? But the fact they're both there doesn't upset me.
1: Yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's all the movie stuff uh from a very crowded award season. And then we'll have a a bigger picture as to what this looks like on a week from today when the Oscar nominations yeah. come out. Um, I kind of want some curveballs for sure, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, I like a
0: curveball. Um, and on that note, can we just acknowledge here this is something I wanted to bring up just before we wrap things up with the movies in, oh. in this year that we got, which I think at least for me in the first half of the year 2022 ended up being a much stronger movie, uh, year at the box office than anyone anticipated. The fact that the Northman and the Batman both have hardly received, I don't know any nominations between either of them. That is just astounding to me, especially like Robert Eggers and whoever shot his movie, the Northman, the fact that they didn't get any nominations blows me away because by April of 2022, I knew both of those movies had come out by April and they were still two in my top five from that year. I just can't believe it's truly mind blowing that they have not gotten any love from the, from the critics. I agree with you. Um,
1: I I especially think that's true of the Batman's score, which I thought was really great. Yeah. And, and it, it didn't even make the Oscar shortlist, so it's not even gonna get nominated for score. Uh, which is crazy to me. Wow. And um there's also and if we're talking about the PGAs like nominating like a mainstream superhero movie, the Batman is a stronger movie than Wakanda Forever overall. So like I think it's interesting that like like it's by like, a
0: long shot.
1: And yeah, I, I agree with you about the Northman too. I kind of knew the Northman wouldn't be for everyone, but I at least thought that like, you know, voting bodies would like it because it's shot very well. It, it's a, yeah, it's like everything yeah. about it. Like technically it's a very good movie. I, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to get like any, like of the major like awards, but like, you know, the technical awards, like right for sure. And it's kind of been, yeah, I agree. Um, I will say the Critics' Choice did nominate the Batman score. So good for him. Good for them for doing that. Oh, did they? <laughs> okay, okay. But no one but no one Here we else- go. Yeah, no one else has, and I agree with you. I'm glad you said that, because, like, I... Yeah, had to bring it were, up. And they were very strong early releases from the the year. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely, no, they were. And no love, no love at all. Um,
0: no, sad so to I, see, but...
1: So I guess, um, as we kind of almost come to a close, there were two uh, trailers that came out last week. One we had talked about. I didn't know that we were getting a new Ant-Man trailer, so that was, like, kind of surprising. Um. Uh,
0: but right. we knew we were, but we knew we were getting
1: the, the Bo is Afraid trailer Um, after we got that poster where I was like, I still don't know what this yep. is about. And then I watched the trailer, <laughs> I and, I, and, I, and I still don't know what it's about. <laughs> didn't
0: answer any questions, <laughs> just raised more.
1: But are you you're intrigued
0: <laughs> by what you uh, see? Oh, my God, without a doubt. So viewers who listened to our, our episode last week know that that was in my top five most anticipated for the year. I can't remember if it was or not. Yep. Um, but so first I got to preface this by saying, what the hell is this movie going to be called? Have you had, a, have you looked at this movie on IMDb lately? Cause it is going by another title, Mona's so choice. Like, if you look Mona's up on IMDb right now,
1: oh, it's wow, called I didn't
0: know that. Mona's choice, not, not Bo Afraid, Bo's Afraid. Like it was retitled to from Disappointment Boulevard.
1: Bo
0: I'm thinking this is like a gimmick. Like, I think this is going, I don't know. I've never heard of this phenomenon happening to a movie before. It, like one title change is enough, but it's gone yeah. through two now.
1: So you know what? it it could be a gimmick it might uh, yeah that's interesting. I so yeah, I you know I'm intrigued uh, by what I see. Yeah. I just I'm still am confused though. I just like I don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah. I uh I'm very very excited for this movie. I also love the the song they chose Goodbye Stranger by Supertramp for the yeah. uh the trailer song. I thought it was an awesome pick cuz I love that band and that song and it just fit the 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 vibe of what that trailer gave off very well, I think. Um it was a great crafted trailer. Um what about you? What are your thoughts on the length of trailers these days? Because so this is a trend I've noticed more and more of late, where trailers are just routinely three minutes or just shy of three minutes long, and it's just crazy to me.
1: Um, I like a good solid teaser trailer. Uh, I don't need to see the whole yeah. movie in, th- in three minutes. Uh, no, like I, minute and a half, two minutes is fine. I think that's a good. amount. That's the sweet spot trailer, right there. Yeah, for a trailer. Uh, anything longer than that, Both it's these what you're are giving long. You, You're giving away the whole thing uh yeah i agree i also hate what they do now the and this is usually for big movies i hate that you have like a teaser for your trailer coming out tomorrow like there's a teaser for your teaser trailer they do that now yeah and i I, I think that's stupid too i was like i don't need like just yeah just you can let me know it's actually don't need to let me know just i'll drop it when you drop it i don't need like a absolutely like I don't need 30 seconds 30. of like, oh yeah, see this 30 seconds, it's gonna be two minutes tomorrow when we like <laughs> drop our trailer. Like, yeah. So. I,
0: nice I it's fan. just a trend I hope we don't see forever because I'd like to, to have a little bit to know a little bit less going into these movies sometimes i like, get there's actually movies where i'll avoid watching trailers that are too long sometimes like in the case with bo was afraid um i just can't yeah. help but be excited like we haven't had an Ari Aster movie in five years like i i just need to see something of what's coming out about this movie but if he had to put out midsummer two or three years ago as opposed to five maybe i wouldn't be so amped and i might not have watched a two minute 41 second trailer but yeah i'm glad i did because it looks phenomenal i'm excited
1: yeah, I'm intrigued by what I see. I mean, like I said, I still don't know exactly what it is, but I'm intrigued no. to find out. Uh, my also, friend my friend sent me the trailer too. It was like, this looks like something you would recommend we see. You know, I'm telling you right now. That <laughs> I'm not seeing it with you. It was like, all right.
0: loss. <laughs> lost. Right, um, I'll go, I'll go along. Trivia for that movie. Yeah. It's uh, running at a supposed $60 million budget, which would make it to, to date A24's biggest, um, really? biggest budgeted movie for that studio. So that's great.
1: Wait. Well, you know what he's their like he's their little darling right so i mean i guess they would give him some, yeah. some money some money to like make a movie yeah
0: he has two home runs under his belt so i'd say he's definitely primed for a third
1: yeah he's he's a he's been a home run for me i mean but like i said you know i had, I had better luck recommending hereditary uh oh yeah l- i had less luck recommending midsmarth I, I was like uh my friends were like what the fuck is this and I loved every moment of it. So, like, I I don't know. True. I, I, yeah. It's not for everybody, I guess, but
0: Hereditary I, is more traditional, but they're both. Yeah. I think astounding. Both ten out of tens, if you ask me. So,
1: both with two very strong female lead performances too. Uh, Tony Collette. That is a and great point. And Florence Pugue and it's yeah, I love it. Great point. Uh. So yeah, now yeah. we get to see uh Joaquin Phoenix uh you know lead uh a movie of his, which would be intriguing to see and like you know Joaquin Phoenix makes some really interesting offbeat choices as an actor sometimes so I'm intrigued about that too I'm like I'm really excited for that
0: he's one of my favorites uh without a doubt in the industry is this not his first role since his win for for Joker had he done anything in
1: between that I no I think this is I think he had been like he got roles in shooting stuff but I think this is the one first one to get released
0: Oh, okay, uh, so he's been busy. So he's, that's for sure. Because I
1: know he's been like the Napoleon thing with Ridley Scott. And uh, oh, right, yes, yeah, <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, he's been he's been busy. Just not nothing released. Yet. Both.
0: And yeah, not to mention this cut of this movie at one point was four hours long, and no doubt Ridley's is probably long as hell too. So probably. definitely those are long shoots. So that, those would keep him busy.
1: Yep. Um, so by the way, guys, if you want to see Bo is Afraid or Disappointment Boulevard our Monus Choice, whatever they're gonna call it, whatever they're gonna call it. It opens on April 21st. Uh so uh check that out when it opens. And then for a completely different movie trailer, uh for all you Marvel mainstream people out there, we got the second Ant Man and the Wasp uh Quantumania trailer. Um you know what we well, you know what I'll say about it off the bat, I feel like Let's hear I it. like I like the Ant Man movies, but they've mostly been like fun Marvel diversions. They're like no, there's no real stakes. I feel like this one looks like it's gonna have actual like stakes like it seems like Agree. it feels like real shit's gonna go down
0: there's (laughs) not a single joke in the trailer which i was happy about because that is something that's not common in a marvel movie these days but you're right it seems to have been a 180 in terms of tone which i appreciated actually from that trailer
1: yeah and i think uh the director peyton reed also said that essentially he basically wanted the anime movies to stop being like being known as like the kind of fun filler you know, Marvel movies. Yeah. Uh, this, you know, this one I guess is going to really matter for what is coming, uh, moving forward. It and, uh, seems so. Yeah. And I think this was this kicks off Phase Five, right? Are we in, are we in Phase Five?
0: <laughs> yeah, the, it's <laughs> going to be the first one of of Phase Five after a uh, disappointing ish Phase Four. Uh, phase Four, which many I hadn't even had the chance to see. Uh, but uh, I'd say it looks like a good, good movie to kick off the fifth phase.
1: Yeah, I think so too um um yeah i'm like uh yeah yeah i think that's what i like what i initially got from like i said like i like i agree with you like i there's no like there was less like fun and less jokes and like more like oh this is something that's gonna be very serious not like you know very like serious mm. but like you know i feel like like in the same way i felt like watching the guardians uh volume three trailer
0: i feel like <laughs> something
1: up something of like emotional importance is going to happen in this ant-man movie uh and that might that might surprise people um Mm. you know and i i i don't know if that means that someone's gonna like bite the dust or like whatever it is but like something important i think is gonna yeah transpire given what i gotta say
0: i love that moment in the trailer near the end where uh Paul Rutt, Scott Lang is it the character, right? He right. uh he's like, I don't have to win, we both just have to lose. I was like, that's a pretty that's a pretty sweet line. Um yep. I although back to my point earlier, they show way too much in this trailer. It's way too long. I feel like they show maybe my it might not all go how it's presented in the trailer, obviously, but like just way too many set pieces of which are yeah. all I don't think there's a single actual shot in this movie. I'm quoting my friend who 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 made this point, but he's absolutely right. This is a like Christian Bale said when he was filming Thor, like all it is is sound stages and green screen and this movie is no different. Um, yeah. But uh they do show a lot of, of the quantum realm. And I think a lot of some late movie stuff in this trailer that I was like, why are you doing that? Well, don't got to show us all that, but
1: yeah. just yeah, a complaint I, I had. And I feel like the more they show in the quantum realm, it just opens himself up for all these like fun little on Twitter, like them comparing it to shots from like, uh, one of the spy kids movies because it it does like the (laughs) yeah the 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 visual palette looks very similar (laughs) and it's like oh like uh and i thought that was like really funny i was like oh that's probably like the last comparison that they want i think it's from spy Kids. i think it's three or four i can't remember like like only the first two were decent and then like i think five of those movies jesus christ i don't i can't even remember uh but yeah the the comparison shots are like uh super hilarious
0: well, no uh, doubt the effects will be much better, but I get what you're saying too. I hadn't seen that comparison, but it is totally true. Now yeah, thinking it's, about
1: it's watching hilarious. It. <laughs> uh but yeah, Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania is opening February seventeenth. Uh so very soon uh we'll be able to check that out. Um
0: thirty-first movie in the MCU. They're past
1: That's great. Cra- that's crazy. And yeah, DC DC's are struggling to get through how many <laughs>
0: I don't, not nearly that. I don't know. I don't even know cats, it's nowhere. Are they even in the double digits? I don't, I don't uh, even know. I don't even
1: know. And, and and for good movies, they're definitely not in the double digits.
0: No, not even close. <laughs> not um, even at all. Yeah, and Quantum Mania is uh, rocking a two hundred million dollar budget, supposedly right about now. I think that's before marketing and everything Market, as well. Marketing. So that quite the difference between the budgets between. Um, I was afraid of ant-man but uh, we'll see how they yeah. translate at the box office i know well, I'll, that's I'll absolutely yeah yeah
1: i, I thought that, i mean that's I mean, that's kind of cool that now like it, it's like i said they've, they've always been fun movies but i think it is cool that like it, it that this franchise itself will kind of have a moment to be like taken a little bit more seriously than maybe if they were previously because i do think it was they were viewed or kind of viewed as like the filler between like Better Marvel movies, like better, like more events. Yeah. But and like, I'm glad that right. they're giving this one. Oh, and I want to mention just you know Jonathan Majors, uh who's having like one hell of a, I guess year. I mean, he's going to be in this. He's going to be in Creed three. He was just in Devotion oh, uh, and yeah. November. Um, he's you know of course playing Kang. He's going to uh, be a big part of like one of the Avengers movies coming up. Uh he looks um, he looks and sounds amazing i feel like uh he's gonna be very good uh in this as well Uh, i just wanted to like shout him out because i didn't get a chance to but yeah yeah guys having a a hell of a time right now Mm -hmm. they have these two movies coming out almost back to back so good for him
0: (laughs) um couple villainous roles too it's it's, it says a lot of things about your talent as an actor so good for him
1: Yeah. yeah i agree um well that i think that might wrap us up as far as uh we're uh, talking about like, the current award season um, and a couple of movie trailers that we want to talk about. Um, of course, um, w- I, I will say what we had said offline. We were trying to figure out when we were going to record uh, for next mm. week. And we, we have like Monday as the day. But since like the Oscar nominations are going to come out Tuesday, we're going to be recording on Tuesday. So like, you actually will hear our reactions to the Oscar nominations that Thursday, that week, instead of waiting until the following week uh, to hear what those are. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what gets picked, what doesn't, what matches up with uh, the nominators we've had from these other award shows so far. Um, who got left out, You know, who got snubbed, who was a surprise? Uh, did they nominate enough women? I, mean, I don't know, there's gonna be all, out there, all that stuff, all that stuff. <laughs> oh, I can't wait man. it's
0: like Christmas, Christmas morning to me. I like love
1: uh, Oscars yeah. and
0: the nominations day, so I can't wait to chat. The nomination yeah. next week with you guys all. And yeah. uh yeah, yeah, I'm really looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, and um and also before that, uh we'll give you a little behind the scenes here thing here too. Uh before that episode, we're gonna record a little uh something for the 15th anniversary of Cloverfield. So you're gonna get a lot from us um within between this week and next week. Uh just a quick little revisit um, you know, about the movie and like what it was like when it came out. I got I got a few good uh Uh, responses from people on Instagram about uh, their experience with the movie that we're going to share on the episode so you'll be able to hear that as well so like a lot of good good things coming already and you know since there is so much coming thank God you have a really good mic now so everyone can hear uh, (laughs) that's right (laughs) everyone can hear how great you sound and uh, yes rejoice I am very excited bask (laughs) in the joy of Jackson's voice and full audio, (laughs) Um, (laughs) but yes, as always, you can uh, find us on all your various podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Podcasts, Good Pods, wherever you get your podcasts fixed. Um, Thank you guys for uh, continuing to support us on Good Pods. We uh, we do very well on there. I also just got our analytics for Apple Podcasts. We've been doing very well on there too. Uh, And and since I didn't get to do this, on our last episode i want to also thank everyone uh for our podcast network for playlists um we were their uh most streamed podcast of 2022 in forty one thousand downloads so thank you uh very much for That'd that incredible um jackson hopped on like right after i found that out so we mm-hmm. will see what we can do in 2023 to maybe like top that number um and uh john yeah, yeah. folks Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you so much for, yeah. Thank you so much for your continued support and uh, we will uh, catch you next time guys.
0: Peace. See you next week guys.